Welcome to the Hearers and Doers podcast. I'm Becky Kaiser, and I'll be the host for this show. Do you need a space where you can show up just as you are? This is your place. Dry shampoo, crying kids, messy house, and barking dogs are all welcome here. Do you need a cheerleader who sees all your amazing potential and unique ways God's called and created you? Done, I'm signing up as captain. I'm a certified life coach and Bible teacher with decades of experience who isn't afraid to tell you the truth you need to hear. Some weeks I'll be sharing practical and encouraging and sometimes correcting shows, and other weeks I'll be introducing you to new and old friends. You ready? Let's go, my friend. Okay. Tasha, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I'm so excited just to meet you and get to build a new friendship and for the ladies that listen to my podcast to get to know you as well. So welcome. Oh, I am so excited to be with you today, Becky. This is a lot of fun. It sure is. Um, so for anyone who doesn't already know you, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about how you spend your days and who you spend that with. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, so I would say probably first and foremost, my full-time job is that I am the women's minister at Prestonwood, which is a large multi-site church in the Dallas, Texas area. And so, um, I, I tease, they've given me the title of global women's minister. And really that just means that I spend a lot of time up and down the tollway going from (laughs) office and office to office and campus to campus. But, um, but I spend my days writing Bible studies, meeting with women, um, doing a lot of praying and counseling and all of that type of thing. And then on the weekends, I usually at least once or twice a month, um, go speak different places to different groups of women. And then I also host a weekly podcast called digging in with Tasha Calvert. So I I'm doing all the things you're doing as well. So, um, but then any other time that I'm not doing those things, I am busy with my four daughters and my husband and we dog sit a lot for our married kids (laughs) and (laughs) so all the things very normal, very normal. That's so fun. That's one of the things that when I read that you had four daughters, I was like, oh, we're going to have a good connection here because I'm sure your husband gets the same. My husband, anytime he is in public and with all three girls, or just when they ask, how many kids do you have? And he says, three girls, like the eyes get really big. And then they like pat him on the back, like, it's the worst day of his life. It's like a badge of honor that they wear. Isn't it like, man, they get a lot of sympathy from everybody. They sure do. (laughs) However, you and I know that you and I know that actually these guys are super blessed because those girls, I mean, they just capture their daddy's heart. They sure do. He actually, (laughs) my husband, Chris gets really mad when people do it. Not really bad. He gets mad when they say that because and he'll just look at them because he's one of those personalities that is just like, he's just tells you, tells it like it is. And so he's like, actually, it's really amazing. I love having daughters. Wouldn't have That's it any right. other way. And he genuinely means that so much. Yep. Um, yep. Okay. Well, a lot of my listeners are moms themselves too. And your daughters, why don't you share a little bit the ages of your daughters? And then I would love to hear now that you are kind of in a later season of parenting, what is something Mm -hmm. you wish you would have known was true or known the reality of when your kids were younger? 
Oh gosh. Well, we're not going to have enough time to go oh, through no. all of those things because <laughs> boy, have I made some mistakes, but yeah, I kind of have a, an age range. You and I were talking a little bit beforehand. So I have yeah. four daughters. My oldest is 26 and she is married. She's been married for three years and she and her husband live in Austin. She got married in the pandemic, Becky. That's another, wow. we could talk about that, that her wedding uh, got canceled. So she got married at the no. height of lockdown in, oh, um, wow. in my sister's living room. <laughs> so she's, um, she's married and lives in Austin. My second oldest daughter got married back in August and she's 24 and she works for KPMG and tra- she's living her best life. Becky, she wow. is traveling. She's jet setting. So fun. Um, and, um, she's just having a, a blast new, doing newlywed things. And yes. then I've got a daughter who is, um, going to graduate early from high school. She'll um, graduate this December. So she's a And then, um, just in the Lord's providence, he decided to gift us with one last little daughter and Cami bliss is 10 and um, everybody always says, Oh, she's keeping you young. And I always say, yes, I think 90% of the days she is and 10% of the days. I feel like it's going to put me in the grave a little earlier, but (laughs) You know, it's just, it, it's, uh, it's parenting is for the young. That's what I will tell you, but that I is still hilarious. at it. So, so for we're those older parents, it. you can do it. I totally get you, but you can um, do hard things. Yeah, you can do hard things. Exactly. <laughs> and, um, but I, yeah, I would say it is so interesting because of the, the length of time I've been able to parent. And I really do frame it that way. It is, I am so thankful being a mom is one of the best things I've really ever gotten to do. I'm, I'm very thankful that the Lord's entrusted me with these girls, but it's been a long journey. And I would say at first with, especially my oldest one. And, and this is typical. I think I talked Mm -hmm. to a lot of women. I was really hard on my oldest one. I mean, I think you Mm -hmm. don't, you kind of don't know what you're doing. You don't want to mess up. You, you look around and you see other people's kids and how they're behaving. And so I would say I was very concentrated on good behavior. I was harsh. Um, Mm -hmm. I was, um, I just, I, I, I would not say I was super comfortable in my mom skin mm, at that point. Yeah. And um, yeah. if I could go back and be more gentle, more forgiving, mm. more kind. And then I think um, really what the crux of that, what I'm trying to say is I wish I had been felt more free to let her be who she was and kind of learn who that was rather than nip every little behavior in the bud. Yeah. Uh, Cause now what I noticed with notice with my 10 year old is that if she sasses me or she flares up or yeah. says something or storms off or whatever, rather than my first thought being go to your room and think about what right. you've done or hand me that yeah. watch, or you've lost TV for the rest of the night, rather than just yeah. going to consequence, my mind tends to go to, Hey, did you have a bad day at school or Mm. have you eaten today? Or, Mm. you know, is something going on that we need to talk about? And I think I missed a lot of those opportunities to really connect and shepherd because I was Mm. so concerned early on with just behavior and modification, those things under control. And so I think if anything, I would just, I would just want to encourage moms to have the freedom to, Mm -hmm. um, to really, 
give grace to your kids, to be gentle, to sit. I'm not saying don't address things. You need to of have course. discipline, yeah. but, um, but that process can be slower and can be more yeah. measured. And the Lord will give you one, one of the things too, is I don't think I knew that I could just ask God for some wisdom in those situations yeah. rather than feeling like it was all on me. And so yes. um, I know that I know that now I know that God's going to answer me. And so I, that's probably, that is my biggest, I wouldn't say regret, but you know, yeah. the biggest thing that I feel like God has grown me in from parenting child a to yeah. Child D. <laughs> yeah. That's so, that's so good. I, and I feel like oftentimes I wonder if you agree in the church, there's like a, a way you should, I put these in like parentheses, the way you should parent. And that's very rooted in like spare the rod, spoil the child. And that it's a lot of behavior modification. Yes. And I do think like our culture is starting to shift. Even um, I started with a new counselor a couple of months ago and she's been having me do a lot of self-compassion work that um, isn't necessarily Christian um, researched or based, but it's, it's so helpful and good. And I have just like, I think as parents, it's hard not to look back and be like, man, I, I wish I would have started with this earlier with the girls, you know, because right. I, I see the same thing where, so, you know, like I'm busy working and doing things and getting like all the things they don't know that we're, we're doing. Sure. Um, and I'll overreact when they get sassy with me and just be like, mm -hmm. go to your room, give me your phone, stop this. You can't do this now. No ice cream, whatever it may be. And I'm learning slowly, but of how do we, how do we change that and shift that? Because it's not helping them learn a new behavior. And it's also making me angrier, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, like right. when I respond like that, then they're going to respond. And then everything gets escalated. That's exactly so That's right. really good. Tasha. I'm going to, I'm going to take that advice to heart of just remembering to chill. Yeah. To chill a bit in parenting. Indeed. Um, You've talked about, or you shared how you're the women's minister at Preston Wood. And I, I love hearing women's journeys into their calling and career. Cause I think it's a, it's, it's a different path than men because not that men don't consider work and life balance and family, but I think for women, we, we take in all the scope of things and have to weigh our choices with that. And so I'd love to hear, how did you get to where you are right now? And what like sacrifices did you have to make to make that happen? Yeah, well, it's kind of an, an interesting journey. And I will say the shorter answer is I would not be where I am right now if the Lord had just not literally kept continuing to, he had to, I always tease, like he didn't open the front door for me. Like I was walking around the back trying to get away and he just kept <laughs> like shoving me in back hallways until finally I got to where I was supposed to be because yeah. I really, um, there were, there were few things in life I would have aspired to be, uh, more than a women's minister. Yeah. <laughs> if that yes. And that sounds terrible. Um, I hate that, yeah. that, but that really just was my, yeah. my story because I had grown up in a pastor's home and, um, everybody in my family were in ministry of some sort. So it was kind of the natural progression, but, um, yeah. I had just seen too much and heard too much mm -hmm. and seen kind of the dark underbelly of, 
of ministry and, um, my home, I have, I love both my parents. I want to say that they're both still living, but I would say my home was a little bit unstable and dysfunctional, um, Mm -hmm. despite how much I love my parents. And, um, there's lots of reasons for that. And we could go into that another day, but I just, we were financially unstable. I had no, I mean, you know, part of my, my, kind of adverse reaction to going into ministry was I just didn't want to be poor all my life. Like I, I, yeah. I wanted yeah. to go into a season to where we did not like, you know, yeah. order pizza every day of the month, not just right. like the first week. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just, um, I just had a lot of things I did not, you know, really want to consider. In fact, when I was dating guys in high school and college, if I thought they were on a ministry track, it was like, Oh, friend. Yeah. I Hard pass. not <laughs> up to that. And I always tease that the Lord was like, I didn't need you to marry a minister. I was going to make you one, but uh, I to say, <laughs> strangely enough, even though I had no desire to be in ministry, I never, somehow the Lord protected me from ever transferring that opinion onto onto my relationship with God. I've always been a church girl. I've always yeah. wanted to follow the Lord. I've kind of always known that there was a disconnect between what I was seeing dysfunctionally within you yeah. know, certain sects of ministry and what right. the church was supposed to be. Um, so I've always been involved in church and I, long story short, I was volunteering a lot in our women, in our worship ministry, pardon me. Okay. And I used to sing on the praise team and all that fun stuff and loved that. And, um, I just started volunteering to the point where they were like, Hey, why don't you come and work for us? And I was like, "Eh, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want to work. I was writing at that point, trying to kind of get some things going with that was writing fiction books. Like that's what I have out there. Um, and I just was, you know, I was just not interested in that, but but I said, I'll come volunteer for a while. Well, they finally were like, listen, you're volunteering, just come on and do it. So I did. And then, um, what happened was they moved the guy that I was working with on the worship team down to the Plano campus. We, my family was attending our North campus. And, um, so I was like, okay, well, that was fun. I'm not, you know, I probably won't go down there and do that, but yay, loved it, (laughs) whatever. I was totally, you know, fine to go back home. And then the pastor of the North campus walked down and said, Hey, I'm losing my executive assistant. Would you come consider come working for me? And I was like, Oh, hard pass because I'm not really great (laughs) at, at administrative stuff. And he was like, no, but I trust you. And that's the most Mm. important thing to me is that, you know, I have somebody that I can trust. And I was like, yeah, you know, and, um, and long story short, he kind of talked me into it. And I will tell you that that was where the Lord kind of healed some of the things, because mm-hmm. I sat outside the pastor's office and I saw yeah. the good, bad, and the ugly. And yeah. three months into that journey, he actually got burned over 10% of his body and ended up in the hospital. And I mean, out for months. Wow. And so I got to see his family up close. I got to mm. see his, him walk through something hard up close. And I was like, this guy's actually the real deal. Like I had wow. not wanted to get super close to, yes. to anybody. You didn't want to see in, behind the curtain? No, I didn't want to see behind the curtain because I had yeah. lived behind the curtain. And, right. um, and so the Lord kind of used him to, uh, to just be somebody who was genuine and heal some things that I probably did not even know were broken. 
mm-hmm. then the other thing that he did through that was he coached me up on how to be in ministry. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of learned how to pastor, uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying calling myself a pastor. Right, I'm just right. saying, yeah. I kind of learned how to do that by watching him. So, so up close and personal yeah. and about a year and a half after I started, I did quit. Cause I was like, Chris, I'm, I'm not, this is not my thing. I'm, I'm not, not an admin. Yeah. Need somebody who can, you know, it's been good for me. I know why the Lord had me here, but this yeah. is, this is not me. So I quit. And a month later he called me and said, don't hang up, but I'm offering you a job. And I was like, I don't, I don't want a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he this said, I want you to be, before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he said, I want you to be the women's minister. And I said, oh my gosh, I really don't want that job. Like, uh. absolutely not. And, um, he's like, I want you to pray about it. So I prayed about it. I talked to my husband and my sister thinking they were going to laugh too. So yeah. sorry about my email. I'm going to turn that off. But, um, but they were like, do you know what? This is exactly what you need to be doing. And mm. I, you know, so the Lord, I haven't looked back. So that was, you know, six, seven years ago. And wow. um, God just has continued to push me into the spaces where he wanted me to be. And Becky, you know what the funny thing is? Mm. I am more at peace and happier. I'm busier than I, I really probably ever aspired to be. I'm doing a lot more things that I didn't ever really seek to do, but I have so much peace because I'm doing what Mm -hmm. God wants me to do. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am where I'm supposed to be. And there is, there is a a peace that just as scripture says, passes understanding in Mm -hmm. following what God has for you, even though it does not look like what you thought. So so there's the long and short of, of how I got here. I love the long and short, and I hope, I hope somebody listening today is encouraged to hear like that your journey involved writing fiction books and then working (laughs) in the worship ministry and then going as an executive assistant, even though you don't have administrative skills and then stepping into women's ministry, even though that was not on your radar or plans or desires and what I feel like my act, I'm working on my second book right now. And I just wrote a chapter on, um, my, my like journey to my calling in some ways of, I've always felt like it was haphazard or, um, too nomadic of moving around too much. And it made me feel like I was flaky and didn't know my purpose, even though at each step, I felt like God was leading me into that step, but it didn't make sense to me. And so I love I love that God had you writing and now you're writing Bible studies and God had you serving a worship ministry. Now you're teaching women to worship with their whole life. And God had you in an administrative spot to teach you. Sometimes you just got to do the work that's not fun and you don't like doing. And that comes with every job Um, Exactly. and it healed what needed to be healed. So you could step into where you are right now. And so I love, I love seeing that in other people, those, those pieces come together And so I hope it encourages someone right now listening. Who's like, I'm writing fiction books and I don't know why, or serving on this team. And it's not in my skill set. And I don't know what God's doing, but that God uses every single thing. He does not waste it. He does not waste whatever season you're walking in. He does not waste it. That is absolutely true. Yeah. I, I had a very similar calling into ministry of just like one, one step of my story was I was in public relations, doing media relations and marketing. 
And um, it was very clear the Lord was, without all the details, very clear that the Lord was saying, now's the time to step into it. And I I just wasn't sure I had this offer to go to this other company that was amazing and would give me lots of opportunities. And that same week, I was volunteering at the VBS at my church and the children's pastor came up to me and said, my admin just quit. The Lord just like put it on my heart. And I feel like, I feel like you need to come be my admin. And I was like, I'm working at the top public relations firm in Houston. And you want me to come be, I don't, I don't like children's ministry. I volunteered in the nursery, but I don't like children's ministry. And I'm terrible at admin, like anything like that. I'm horrible at it. And she's like, I think this is your open door. Like, I think this is how you transition back in. And I'm so grateful, just like your pastor, that she took that time and took the risk to offer it to me. And it was a good humbling time to transition out of being at the number one firm into an admin role of you're never above any position in place. And That's right. the skills God's going to teach you in those parts that seem less than is what needs to be refined in your own heart. Um, yes. So it's so Joseph like, isn't it? I mean, you think yes. of how Joseph yes. ended up the second in command in Egypt and it was kind of through a series of pits and prisons. And yes. So yes. you just yes. can't make that up. And, um, and God's not that, not that I don't want to, anybody who is gifted administratively. Listen, I always tease. I actually work for my admin. I mean, she's the one that keeps me hundred percent. So no, I'm not, 100%. I'm not saying that those are lesser roles at all, but I'm just saying like, it is always the places you think you've been sidelined yes. that are the spaces that God uses to open the doors that he wants you to yes. offer. So, and there's a place for all of us. Like I, one of my best friends is super administratively gifted and hates the things that are in front. And I love that she owns that she is that uh, where yes. a lot of people feel this pressure of why well, I, I haven't made it till I've made it to like the stage or the front of things. And she is like, give me a clipboard, give me a spreadsheet, give me something to organize or to do behind the scenes. And that's her sweet spot. So I think for all of us, it's listening to the Lord and asking God, where do you have me? Where do you want me? And being faithful in each of those steps. 100%. I love hearing this journey of yours. That's so cool. Okay. You have said you're unapologetically a church girl. And even though you experienced church hurt and church trauma, as so many women have, you still love the church. But I've seen, and I'm sure you really have as a women's pastor, that through COVID, a lot of people obviously stopped going to church. And so many people just haven't found their way back into church or haven't found their way back into being connected within the church. And what would, like, what are your thoughts for that? Why do you think that's happened? And how, how would you encourage them to come back? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say, I think I would be one of those people that would struggle. I, I have noticed that post COVID I, I don't have the capacity to do mm -hmm. all the things that I used yeah. to do. I mean, even you, you know, you were explaining that you don't travel and speak as much as you used to. I mean, you know, there's yeah. just it. Um, I think I, I get that. So I guess what I would say yeah. is to, to the woman who is like, I just have not been able to fit that back in, or I, I just don't have the energy or the time or the stamina, or even the desire to really work through maybe whatever has happened that has, um, 
had us had, had that person sidelined, I would say yeah. I totally get that. And, yeah. um, and then I would say, but I think we need to shift our minds to think about the church, how God thinks about the church. I think it's very easy for us to look at what we have going on in our lives and put church on a list, list of work and school and sports practices mm. and working out and, yeah. um, going to visit family and all the things that make it on our list. But I think God separates church and there's a differentiator there that is um, supernatural. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to sound corny, but I really do feel like we see that in scripture. I mean, in Matthew 16, Jesus is going to tell Peter that he's going to build his church upon him, this rock and the gates of Mm -hmm. hell will not prevail against it. In Acts two, right after Pentecost, when um, God has given his spirit to believers, it says that Mm -hmm. they are uh, living together, breaking bread together, that they're praying and praising together. And then it says God added to their number daily. Mm. So not something that they were doing that this was not something that they had the capacity or the ability to do, but it was something that God did through them because he cares about Mm -hmm. his church. I think you see all through the new Testament that the church is considered a body, that language of, we are a body of believers. We are many members, a part of one whole, we all have different parts. And I will tell you, as I've gotten older, it is super irritating when one of your body parts does not do its function. Okay. (laughs) I have been irritated at my eyes, for instance, for many years now, because they do not perform. They do not show up and do what they are supposed to do in my body. And I'm kind of being tongue in cheek, but I think understanding that Mm -hmm. God has created you and given you gifts as a believer that are meant to build the body, to contribute to the church. And when we abdicate that, then something is missing because we have not only something to be gleaned from the church, but we have something that we have been created to do that serves the church and builds the kingdom. And then I think the last thing I would say about it, just scripturally speaking, is we see that, I mean, God cares enough to admonish us to do this within scripture. Mm. In Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Of course, that's the day of the coming of the Lord. And we are, you know, though we don't know when we know we're closer than we've ever been. And so I think understanding that this is, um, this is something different on the list that this Mm -hmm. can't just be something that we fit in and, um, and that God has a plan for his church. Mm-hmm. This is something God cares about. Like, I think we, as believers always go to God and we want him to care about the things that we are uh, interceding for. We want him to see yeah. our situation. Um, and I think part of walking in relationship with him is also learning to see his heart and where mm. does he want to move and what has he yeah. created us for? And I don't think there's any, um, any debate scripturally speaking that God has called us to be part of the church. We are considered his bride, like the global church yeah. is his bride. Now, right. should we go down the rabbit trail? Cause I'm sure there's some people saying, well, I can still be part of the, the global church, the big C right. church without being a part of a local body of believers. And yeah. I would say, um, 
there are certainly seasons. I think that's absolutely true. And there are certainly mm-hmm. seasons in our life where we may not be able to, for whatever reason, sometimes those are right. physical, sometimes they might be um, mental, even spiritually speaking, we've kind of needed a moment of healing. I would say though, that isolation is a tool of the enemy. And as mm-hmm. best we can, it, it is beneficial to us and to other believers to yeah. be in fellowship in the local church. And so I, I would just encourage, encourage our listeners to just consider, to just pray about that. Um, Mm -hmm. ask God, are you, or have you called me out for this season to do something over here with me? Or is it time for me to go back in? Because Mm -hmm. I think the Lord will be faithful to answer there because this is, he could, he does care about his church. Yeah. That's so, I feel like (laughs) this little clip could be like an ad on every church's like (laughs) main website page of the reasons why it's so important to get plugged into a local community of I think we both were, we're in similar and very different seasons of life. And I can completely understand needing a Sunday, like needing a Sunday sure. morning to in, to just make breakfast at home, to do all the kids activities. I totally get it. There's lots of Sundays. We met all three of my girls are competitive dancers and we basically don't go to church in the spring because we're at a different place every single time. However, that church community, there's nothing like it. It cannot be replicated by anything you are part of online. And that's from someone who runs an online ministry, the face-to-face person-to-person, because you can't hide. You can't hide your pain. You can't hide your struggles. You get to be face-to-face encouraged by other people. And then you also get to use what's your magic, the thing God's put within you, you get to share that with others. You have a place for deeper meaning than just being a part of the rat race that's going on all around you. Exactly. So I hope, I hope women have been encouraged if they found themselves out of church or being inconsistent with church to give it another try to find Absolutely. a local body and just plug in knowing as you and I have both said, every church is no church is perfect because church, oh, gosh, no. churches, the little C churches that people say they don't have to be a part of are run by humans. So it's going to be messy. There's going to be things behind the curtain we don't want to see. And that's okay. That's part of where we work together. That's where your arm is needed to help fix things. Um, so we got to get, get back in there. And I would that's also good. go even one step further and say, you know, if you have seen those deficiencies, in, in where you're, you're serving the church you're attending. Um, you know, obviously there's some lines in which you, you might know it's time to leave, but, but if, if, if those lines have not been crossed, then I would say, go in there and contend for Mm. God's church. That's a worthy cause to go in there and make things better to, to address the things, to serve, to help, to pitch in, to encourage, to, to hold the body of Christ to the standards that the church should be held to. And so, um, so that's, that's all of us. We, we Mm. need to be tugging on the same end of the rope um, towards the unity of Christ and the building of the kingdom. And um, that's good. Don't just cast the stones, get in there and do the work. That's so good. That's so good. So you have said, maybe I heard you say it on your podcast, digging in, but you've said 
that you've always been a church girl. You've always been a part of the local church and love the local church. But you also said that even though you grew up in the church, you found that you never really knew your Bible. How did you realize that? And then how did you change that? Becky, this is really, I feel like the vein that God has just called me into, because like I said, I grew up in a pastor's home. Like there was really nobody more all in on the things. Now, here's what I will say. I was a box checker. I mean, I was going to serve. I was going to go to Bible study. I was going to do all the things. But what I realized was you can do all the things and look like you are the best of the best Christian Mm. and not know your Bible and not open your Bible in between and not be living the way God has called you to to live. And that was me that, I mean, I'm so embarrassed to say it, but that was me. I was all in on church, but I really... I would never have been able to open up God's word with a cup of coffee and sit in a chair and just know what to do. I, I Mm. didn't, I knew all the stories because I, you know, I'd grown up. So I knew Noah, I knew Moses, Abraham, Paul, Peter, all the things I would have known that, you know, like the disciples would not have been walking on the earth with Moses, but I wouldn't have known yeah. like now did Moses and Noah and Abraham, were they all buddies? Like I wouldn't have known that because it's just, yeah. I had never really gotten that, that granular to really understand yeah. what was going on. And so my passion is to now take, obviously there is an important rhythm that church provides mm-hmm. and it is something we've already discussed that, that, that God cares yeah. about, but but how to take it beyond the corporate experience to the personal experience. And so mm-hmm. I, like I said, I was in Bible studies, which were wonderful. I did some great Bible studies. I'm not knocking traditional Bible studies, yeah. but I am just saying I had fill in the blank faith. That's what I would describe. I could fill in mm-hmm. a lot of blanks, but I could not teach the class. I could not put it together to where it yeah. ever, and it kept me from ever really going beyond being a consumer. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think we have pews and churches full yeah. of people that yeah. are consumeristic Christians that never yeah. feel like they get their footing underneath enough to take it to where they would disciple somebody or they would mentor somebody, um, or they could have somebody sit around their kitchen table and do Bible study with them. And so that's kind of my passion is just helping women to learn their Bibles and get into a rhythm and a rhythm, you know, Becky, you and I, because of being in different stages and you've got three kids in dance. I mean, you're a bit, you're probably busier than me. And like, so mm-hmm. our rhythms in scripture are going to look different. We just have right. different things, but we can all find a rhythm. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm passionate about is what is it that you can fit into your life consistently, like not just, you know, six weeks in the spring with your church and six weeks in the fall, but how can you mm-hmm. consistently make space to hear from God, because when people struggle and good grief, we're all struggling. Everybody's mm-hmm. struggling. I used to, I used to hear people say that Becky, haven't you heard people say like, Oh, everybody struggles. Everybody has something. Right. And it's like, you, you know that. Okay. Well, right. let me just tell you now that I have an office where people come and tell me about <laughs> struggles, like super true. Everyone okay. This struggles. is super true everybody is struggling. (laughs) And I mean, I, I have like, this literally rings true to me now. 
And what I would say is most of the time when people come in and they're telling me what they're struggling with, they want help. Like they're like, yeah, I need God to show up. Yeah. I need yeah. him to do something in my situation. And here's yeah. the thing. God speaks primarily through his word. Like mm. when people come in and say, I just feel like I'm not hearing from God. I really don't know what to do in this situation. I'm going to say, well, do you have a regular rhythm in God's word? Because the primary way he speaks to us is through his word. And most yeah. of us, um, and this was me for so long, don't even have a schedule in which we make time every day yeah. to hear from him and right. to know his character. We, we tend to use the Bible as like a resource book, like, okay, I'm right. having a problem. I will go to that and yeah. I will read it and see if like it that magic eight ball that you could yes. shake and pops up. Yeah. Yes. And we, even when we do Bible studies, we, we tend to pick topics that mm -hmm. interest us. And here's mm -hmm. the thing, like, remember how you asked me at the beginning, like, okay, you've been parenting for a while now. What are some things like, if you could go back and, and tell younger moms, or even tell yourself, what would you say? The thing about scripture is God knows all of our days. He mm -hmm. knows where you're going to be 10 years from now. He knows yeah. what's going to be going on with your kids. What's going to be going on with your marriage. He knows what trials and tribulations you are going to have gone through or what lay ahead. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't you want to be in daily communication with somebody who's going to like coach you up and prepare you for what he knows is yeah. ahead? I just yeah. feel like we forfeit what I came to, to realize as I started to become a student of God's word was I had forfeited so much. Mm -hmm. God was, he was willing to prepare me. He was going to walk right. through that. And he gives me often what I need when I have no idea what I, I'm reading along just in my normal rhythm. And then, you know, four days later, I'm sitting in a situation going, oh my goodness. I remember yeah. what he yeah. said to me back, you know, four days ago when I was right. having my, my time in God's word. And so I just, it has become the passion of my life. And I mm. tell you what I love the Bible, just like the church is not a normal activity. We do it's supernatural. Yeah. I will tell you that also the Bible is not a normal book. It is, yeah. it is That's supernatural. Good. It's a lie. Yeah. Um, it's able to pierce through marrow in the heart of, and yeah. so I, yeah, I just, if I could tell women anything, I would say, find a way to get in God's word and start mm -hmm. to be together because yeah. it is, it is your biggest tool and weapon and defense against the enemy. Yeah. That's so good. And I love that you said that it might look different for me than it looks for you. And I 100%. feel like. Sometimes we think going back to that, like shitty thinking of sometimes we feel like it has to be one way, right? Like we see people yes. on Instagram in the morning while it's still dark outside with a steamy cup of coffee and their Bible spread open and everything's perfectly clean in their house and a candle's lit. And we think, okay, that's, if I get to that point, then I've made it. And the truth is every season looks so different. And if we can't learn to adapt and evolve through the seasons, that's when we pull away. And that's when we separate from the Lord. I have a friend who has a middle schooler, an elementary, and then a bonus two-year-old. And she's a professor at a university, super oh smart. 
but very busy. And she's been in a season where it's been harder to sit down at a table and read her Bible, but she drives 30 minutes every day to get to the university to teach. And so she has just switched and started listening to the Bible and praying on her drive. And for so long, she was like, I felt like I needed to hold the actual Bible or it didn't count, but she has read through or listened through the whole Bible in a year and is doing it again because she's never felt more alive or connected to scripture. And it looked totally different than how she thought it should look, but it's reawakened something within her. And so I tell women often at different seasons of my life, it looks different. You know, like I actually, I'm a night person. So I used to love spending time with the Lord at night since having kids and getting married, I've had to switch that because the early hours are the only time I have available I just to myself. Um, but I bet once they're out of the house, I'll switch back to nighttime because then it's uninterrupted and I can go as long as I want, but it's fi finding that time and making that time, whatever way works for you. I love that you yes. shared that so much. Yes. So you love God's word and you've also written a ton of Bible studies now. Tell me of all the studies you've read, I'm going to just read a few off. You have Galatians, Joshua, Strong and Courageous, First and Second Thessalonians, Imitators and Imposters, Hosea, Paul's Letters, Jonah, Ruth, Acts Part 1, Acts Part 2. That's a lot of Bible studies that you've provided for women. Which one is your favorite? Which one do you? Which one do you recommend women to start with and how would they have access to it? Yeah, that's a great question. My favorite is usually the one I just taught because I'm like, oh my goodness, God did <laughs> so much. He, he just, yeah. I mean, so we just finished literally all fall and all spring in the book of Acts and I loved it. I will tell wow. you probably where I felt like I was really getting my mojo, you know, yeah. as far as, by, because like many people, our church pivoted during COVID yeah. and we are just a, a very resourced church. And so we just, I just started going into the studio and teaching, writing our yeah. studies. And I, you know, at that, that's kind of when I was like, I am passionate about getting women in scripture. We're just going to go through scripture. So our yeah. Bible studies are very much, you know, we have a, a digging in journal that, uh, that we provide with all of our Bible studies that basically just is, you know, here's where I'm studying the same questions that you ask every time, what is God teaching? Yeah. What does he reveal about himself? What is he, is there anything, a spiritual truth in this passage? I mean, the, yeah. kind of the inductive study method Yeah, and we just go through chapter by chapter. And Love so it. I will tell you where I really feel like God just started to give me this craving was in our Joshua study. And I mm -hmm. love that study, but I will tell you, Becky, I was teaching 45 minutes to an hour every session in that. Wow. And so it is overwhelming, you know, Don't back start there is what you're saying. everybody had, <laughs> yeah. Like, like back when everybody was stuck at home, I think that was great. I've, I've realized we've had to pivot, especially now that we've been optioning our studies on right now media. And so they're yeah. like, I need to draw that time down a little bit. So <laughs> our, our more recent studies are more like the 25 minute mark and a little yeah. more accessible, but, um, we've got several of our studies up on, uh, right now media. So if you okay. or your church or one of your organizations that you're, um, connected with has, a uh, right now media account, you can access those, but then we put them all out on YouTube for free. We give churches okay. our files, we are like, listen, we just want women in God's word. 
And yeah. so we will resource uh, the Prestonwood network has like 150 churches in it. We make these available to any of those wow. churches. And, um, we just want to see, so we just go through, we go through, we kind of go back and forth, old Testament, new Testament. And we do okay. that on purpose because we're yeah. trying to build biblical comprehension. Really our goal yeah. is to take our women through the Bible chapter by chapter, maybe not to where they can memorize everything, but that at the end of acts, they know, okay, Jesus is alive in chapter one and he has been resurrected. He ascends. The Holy spirit comes in chapter two. And we know that, you know, by chapter 13, Paul's more the prominent uh, person there. It's the missionary journeys. He ends up in Rome. Like we want them to just be able to know what's going on because we kind of have um, we just, you know, know that the more competent you are in scripture, the more confident yeah. you're going to be in your faith and that's that there's good. just a direct correlation there. So, so yeah, they that's can, amazing. they can, anybody is welcome to the studies and we'll make all of the things available for free. I love that so much. And we'll make sure to link to all that in the show notes. Okay. One more question before we begin wrapping up, I cannot believe we're almost out of time. Um, the question you had mentioned that you have women in your office all the time, um, struggling with stuff and that we wouldn't believe that the things other women struggle. And I think that's social media has done a number on us as women to make us feel like it's just us that's struggling with something or going through something. What is, have you noticed as a women's director, have you noticed that, that there's common threads that women feel like are just them, but it's actually not just them? 100%. Um, I would say probably, I I think women in general struggle with this on everything. I mean, strangely enough, I think we really have done a disservice. I think men tend to like, when I'll ask my husband about things with guys, it's kind of like, I think he assumes his experience is everybody's experience. Women (laughs) tend to be just the opposite, the opposite extreme. Mm -hmm. I am the only one that is going through this because I am looking around the room at everybody and looking through my feed and nobody seems to be struggling with this, but I mean, it is everything addiction. I will tell you lots of women struggling with alcohol addiction, pornography addiction, um, you know, pills, pain pills. I mean, lots of addiction, dead, dysfunctional or derailed marriages. I mean, so many, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, prodigal children. Everybody thinks, you know, that everybody else's kids look perfect. It's prom season. We're looking around everybody else's kids had a date every, no, every, you know, kids, kids have a universal experience of, you know, being teenagers and having rebellion and having, you know, there's just all of the things. And, um, and, you know, Becky, it's so weird to sit in a seat where people come in and they tell you things that are so intimate and private. And I always feel yeah. so privileged that people would entrust me with that. Right. But most of the time I sit there and I think, oh my gosh, I, d- I don't have anything to help them. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. I mean, sometimes if it's something I've personally been through, I might have a little bit of, of knowledge, but, um, but what I would say to women who are struggling out there is you are not alone and you have a God who sees, I just think of, um, I, I just think of, I think it's Psalm 121 that says, um, I lift up my eyes to the Hills from where does my help come from? It comes from yeah. the Lord, the maker of the yeah. heaven and earth, of heaven and earth. And I just think we, we all have 
the experience of feeling small and feeling out of control and feeling like we are never going to have victory over something. Mm. And I would just, I, I always point women, you have a helper. You have somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to walk through this, that knows the answer to this, that has created the person that is causing you trouble that can speak into your spirit, that can calm the raging Mm -hmm. waters. And that is God. And so I may not always have the answers, but I do know the one who does, and we all have access to him. And so I just encourage women, don't look to the right or the left. Don't look around and and see what you think. Don't have that goal. Look up, look up, look to where your help comes from and going to be faithful to provide that for you. That's so good. So I hope anybody listening right now, where if you're struggling and feeling like it's just me, I don't know what to do about this. I hope you have heard one that I hate what you're walking through. I'm so sorry for the weight of that, but I also hope that you have some semblance of comfort today to know that you're, you're not alone in this. You have the community and a loving father who wants to walk through this with you. And it kind of points back doesn't kind of points back to all that we've talked about Tasha so far today of getting in God's word so you can see what's true about him and getting plugged into a local believing community so that you can be held up as you walk through things. That's so good. Okay. Sadly, we have to wrap up. I don't want to, we, this podcast is called Hearers and Doers, which I'm sure you love this verse too, James 1 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, so I like, I want to wrap with asking two questions and your answers do not have to be spiritual, even though it's based okay. off of a verse. Um, okay. so the first one is, is there something you are hearing right now that you're loving? Yes. Audiobooks. Becky, I have no idea why I am so late to this party, but I am, I'm a listener. So I have always, I've been a podcast junkie for a couple of years now. It kind of took me a while to get on that train, but I would say probably more like three years. And so I, I totally listen to hundreds of podcasts. I'm just always taking it. I'm an information. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it did not like click with me that I can mm-hmm. read books because I have a stack, like literally a yes. mile high on my um, bedside table. Cause people send yeah. me books and want me to read. Yeah. And I'm always like, and I'll get a couple of chapters in. And so I have like, I mean, it's just a hot mess. And I'm yes. like, Oh, when am I going to ever have time? Audiobooks. Like why, yeah. why have I just now found this out? And so I have started listening to so many books and I listen at, you know, like 1.75 speed. I'm like, yep. I am getting through these uh-huh. so yes. fast. And so, and just taking it all in. And so audiobooks are my new, like, I I'm probably going to blow my budget with, you know, every day I'm spending, 100, you know, 14 100. bucks on a new audio book. And I'm like, ah, yes. it's so good. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm a reader too. And I love reading and I, I love the feel of a book in your hands. I love the way the pages smell. I love being able to underline. And I just, I couldn't get on board the like audio version or even the Kindle when it was digital. And just this past summer, a friend was like, well, just listen to this book on audio. Cause the, the author narrates it. And so it's, or the author reads it. And so it's, it's kind of special when you get to hear the author reading their own words. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I have read more books in the past eight months than I have probably in the past eight years, just because 
we're all busy, right? So it's like right. now when I'm sitting in carpool line, I'm listening to a book. When I'm putting my makeup on, I'm listening to a book. And um, it's, well, and don't you find the best? I, thing. I finish them. That's the thing. Like yes. I have so many started books that I just yes. don't ever find the time to finish. And these, I'm yes. like, I finish them within days. Yes, because you can. It's yes. so great. I feel yep. like our nightstands probably look very, very similar. <laughs> yeah, tower of books. Power of books. Okay, next question. Is there anything that you have been doing that you'd recommend to other people? Okay, two things. Okay. The first one is I've been walking with my daughter in the afternoon and that has uh-huh. been so helpful. I always forget. I mean, I, I can tend to live a very sedentary life and I always forget. Yeah. I love being outdoors, like the wind and just seeing the yeah. sunshine. Like there is just something about being out in creation. And so I have just, even I, and here's the weird thing. I never, every time I come home from work, I'm like, I don't feel like taking a walk today. Yeah. I have just learned to make myself do it. It is, it's literally the best thing that I do every day. It just clears yeah. my head and helps me de-stress from the day. So I would say get yeah. outside and walk. That is one thing that I have really been doing lately that has really invigorated me. And then the other thing is this is um, for your older listeners um, okay. because I'm old now. It's very sad <laughs> that it happened and I don't know how, happened. but somehow I did. It happened. I got old Bless and it. I could not eat. I, like I used to start my day off with coffee with like, you know, a half a cup of creamer in it. And I just felt yeah. like, as I got older, I just was like, Ugh, I feel gross. Yeah. Every morning. Black yeah. coffee, black coffee. That's what I'm doing these days. So now I like grind the beans fresh every morning and do the pour over. And I will say I feel better. So black really? coffee and walking there's, there's your once you hit the black coffee drinking, that's where like, you know, I'm like a legit adult now because right? I don't yes. need, I don't I, need I, my like milkshake in the that. morning. Yeah. I mean, un- unfortunately I feel like now legit adult just means, yeah, you you're old. You're it's, just, <laughs> it's fine. I've embraced it. I've embraced it. I can, yes. you know, it's just is what it is. So walk, yes. go for a long walk and uh, drink go for a long coffee. walk and then drink your coffee. I feel you. I'm, I'm, I turned 41 last week and I've the, I thing I completely resonated when you said that at the beginning, because it just happened this year where it's like, I'm holding my phone and, or my kids will show me something and they'll put it right in front of my face. And I've caught myself now. I lean back a little bit to get better yes. focus. And I'm like, oh. Every time it happens, I'm just like, oh no, it's happening. I, I don't want to scare you or your listeners, but yeah, that's it. You're, you're just on the cusp of just, what's going to happen. It's just, just what it is. You see that though, thanks, they've got cute readers. I've got these work, little Tasha. Yeah. It's just, is what it is. I did. I did go by myself. Some really cute. Those are, are those peepers? I don't know. Is that that's, see that's that's the that's the popular brand. You're too young to oh. know, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did get them at a boutique, so they might be like the more popular brand. I did not go, I have not hit this stage of like running into the Walgreens to grab my readers yet. Okay. So. Well, it's coming. Let let me know. <laughs> let, let me know, me know when know. you get there. I'll give you all the tips. I love this so much. Tasha, I've so enjoyed getting to know you and getting to have this time together. Thank you so much for making time for this. Oh, same. It's been a delight. James 122 in the ESV says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. 
Or the message translation says it even more bluntly. Don't fool yourself into thinking that you are a listener when you are anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear. This podcast is called Hears and Doers because that's the kind of people we are committing to becoming. Women are men who choose to not just hear what is true, but actually live it out in our day-to-day lives. I'd love to hear your big takeaways from today's episode. Would you share them? Post them on social media and be sure to tag me at Becky Kaiser. And if you love today's episode, don't forget to give it an awesome review because that helps others find the show too. And you can always text the link to friends so they don't miss it either. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. Love you so.